Hello? Yeah. Tonight's Bible reading is from John 20, verse 19 to 23. In my Bible, it's titled, Jesus, Jesus Appears to His Disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with this, that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Thank you for that. Um, can I, uh, my name's Ian Dix and uh, I'm going to be um, sharing tonight. People always leave when I get up to speak. <laughs> so thanks guys for, for that. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to do a uh, simulation exercise. And then I'm going to bring a message up. I don't know about you, has anyone sort of felt a bit like this picture? So when you should be, uh, when someone goes to shake your hand, you find, or you go to shake someone's hand, hand they find they're bowing or vice versa. Quite often, uh, cross-cultural encounters are quite uh, difficult. So tonight we're going to uh, look at what a cross-cultural worker does and why they do it. But before that, I thought we'd sort of enter into a, uh, a simulation exercise. And uh, if we could have the next slide, please, Stuart. So... We're going to have some cross-cultural workers and you're going to play along, live vicariously through the cross-cultural workers and you're going to see how they go as, uh, in understanding how the host community that they meet, how they communicate, what are the patterns of their communication. So there's a few rules up there. You can see what they're going to do. They're going to come and interact with as many uh, people of the host community as they can and they're going to try and identify uh, the ways that they communicate the patterns of how they communicate. And they're going to do that by using some of those typical research methods that people use. They're going to observe what people do. They're going to participate with people. Uh, they're going to uh, maybe ask some questions, not just one, one person a question, but several people. Uh, and they're going to um, yeah, try and verify those sorts of things with other people in the community to see if, if that's true. If that's true for every person in that community or that might just be an outlier and look for patterns. Yeah, can we have the next slide? So these are the questions they're going to ask. Uh, possible questions. Hello, my name is such and such. Do all of you speak the same language? I want to learn about your society. Will you help me? Are these people uh, all your relatives? Um, what foods do you mo eat mostly and do you practice the same religion? And where do you pray? So let's see how they go. And then afterwards we're going to do a little bit of a debrief. So thanks. Could someone ask the, the, uh, the host community to come back in and uh, once they're set up, we'll ask the, uh, the two inter our two intercultural workers from this church, mind you. They've just been uh, newly appointed. You've sent them out. You've uh, funded them. So let's see how they go. Let's see if those funds are put to good use.
come and take your spots. Where are our cross-cultural workers? Can you ask the cross-cultural workers to come when they're ready? Thanks. Oh, there you are. Okay. Sorry, I didn't notice you. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm, I'm Bronwyn, what's your name? Uh, do all three of you guys speak the same language? Oh well. That looks cool, what are you doing? Um, did you, do you normally play this game out here, or? Yeah. Okay. Great. What, what's your name? I'm Bronwyn. <laughs> Hello. My name's Ryan. What's your name? What are, you, what are you cooking? Do you want me to, can I, what are you, what are you cooking? I'm, I'm Bronwyn. <laughs> are you two digging? Maybe they don't have language? Maybe they don't speak our language. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you doing? Do you want me to help or? Okay. Um, what are we doing? My name's Ryan, what's your name? Are you related to any of these people here? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, hi, I'm, I'm Bronwyn. Do you, do you pray anywhere? Do you all practice the same religion? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hmm. He said, girls, I'll... Okay. Do you want... 
Hi. Do you want some help? Do you? Um, no. No. Yes? No. Okay. Um, how, how, how can I learn what you're doing? What, what, are, what are you doing? How can I? What are you doing? Can I be a part of it? How? What, what do you want me to do? Teach me what you know. Teach me what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Hello. What is it you're doing here? Will you teach me? Yes. Will you help me learn about your society? Yes. Do you practice the same religion as everyone else here? Yes. Do you pray in your religion? Yes. Where do you pray? Do you speak the same language as everyone else? Yes. Thanks. Don't see these guys. Hi. Are you all related? Do you know each other? Yes? No? Hello. Do you all know each other? Do you know these two? Yes. Are you related? No. What are you, what are you up to here? Do you... What do you like to eat? Do you want to ask me anything? <laughs> I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> stay, uh, stay on uh, the stage. Can the, can the uh, host community come over here? And the host culture workers come over here. Thanks. Didn't they do a great job? Let's give them a hand, these guys. Thank you. Well done, guys. Stayed very well within your, uh, your host community's uh, culture. We saw that. So um, let's start with our cross-cultural workers. Let's see how, what, sort of, uh, what they picked up, in, uh, what are the characteristics you picked up about the community that you, uh, that you interacted with. Any sort of ideas? What, what did you notice? Um, I was... A bit frustrated because I was friendly. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't reciprocated. 
Okay. Um, and I, with the yes and no, I couldn't work out which was which. Was which yes, whether okay. they meant yes or whether they meant no. So you were, you were sort of hearing the words, but you were seeing something else with the action, and they, for you, they actually uh, cancelled each other out. Okay, good. Anything else you noticed in uh, their communication pattern? Whenever we spoke to them, when it was a conversation, you sit, sat down for a conversation. Okay, very good. Okay. Did that happen every time? I, I think so, as far as I remember. Okay, good. Well done, Ryan. Anything else? Um, I think I, I felt like the girls respond. I didn't have any. I didn't go to the guys so much because I felt that um, I was more accepting by the girls. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, is that the way you? How did you feel, Ryan? Did you get a different response? No, I um, I felt like the the blokes talked to me, but but, uh, but what? None but, of the none of the girls talked to me at all. Okay. So I think that was maybe like a very Thanks, Joy. <laughs> so maybe there was a very you know, gender-segregated society. Okay, so there was a gender thing going on there. Good. Well done. Pick that up. That's excellent. Anything else that you picked up? Uh, and in, in how you, once you sat down, what did you notice when you sat down with someone? I just start shaking your hand. Okay, so start holding or shaking your yeah. hand. Okay. How did you feel about that? Oh, it was a bit uncomfortable for me, because yeah. we're not used to that. Okay. Uh, but you seem to pick it up pretty quickly. Mm. What about you, Bron? Did you notice anything? Um, I didn't really make any any contact. So when I saw Ryan talking to the group that um, said that he looked nice, I thought, oh, well, that encouraged me a bit, but then you got, I you didn't, didn't get any response. You, no, one, no one said that about you. <laughs> well, you look very nice, Bron. I think so. <laughs> um, what about the congregation? Did you pick anything else up uh, that uh, that Bron and Ryan uh, didn't pick up? Anything you noticed about their communication patterns? Okay, it was all in English. <laughs> oh, Locke. <laughs> Do you think he was the chief? The older one. A wise one, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was acting a bit out of script there, but he did well. <laughs> he could see that they were struggling, I think. Anything else? Yep. I, okay, so they were staring a lot. Okay, was that all the time? Yep, okay. There was that sort of... Uh, it would have been, that'd be a bit scary, wouldn't it, going to a place where they just stared at you like that? In here? Yeah, yeah, had it, yeah. Yeah, because we sat down and I thought, oh, good, but nothing else came. Okay. I didn't know so, where to go from so there. So what did you notice about the types of questions? Anyone got any, anyone notice anything about the questions that were answered and the questions that weren't answered? Only yes and no questions seemed to get any response. Okay, well done. Yeah, very good. Did everyone else notice that or notice it now? You, only... Only yes or no only answers that required a yes or no as an answer got, got responded to. All open-ended questions were left unanswered. Is that right? Yeah? Good. Anything else? Great. Okay. Uh, how did you guys feel? Tell us about how you were feeling in that as you were being 
responded to or unresponded to? You can start, Ryan. Well, I wasn't sure if they were being accepting or not. I wasn't sure if they were being nice or just a bunch of meanies. So I, I just uh, you know, went with it. But I wasn't sure if they were accepting us or whether they were not accepting us. Okay. And how did you feel, though? Oh, I felt nervous. Like, okay. Oh, well, yep. Um, a bit out of, out of my depth. Yep. I had no idea what was going on. Yep. Okay. Good. <laughs> what about you, Bron? Um, I've, I felt the same. <clears throat> but I didn't want to do anything um, that was going to offend them. So I, that's why I sort of joined in and did what they did. But um, I don't know whether I was doing it right. So I didn't want to... Yeah, I didn't... So how did you feel? Yeah, a bit, bit lost. Um, and out of my depth, yep. Okay, good. Let's go over and talk to the uh, host community, since I can speak fluently in their language. <laughs> Guys, so you want to tell us a few more, any more other characteristics that the uh, congregation missed? Yes. <laughs> okay. Everyone pick that up? <laughs> okay, so the idea was I had to sit down uh, and had to uh, hold your hand and sit in front of you and obviously the yes and no questions are always like they said with the, uh, uh, what was it? Yes and no, you try that, it's quite difficult. <laughs> Anything else uh, that I've missed? Oh yes, that was a subtle one. Tell us about that, Tom. Uh, if the cross-cultural workers were smiling... Regardless of the truth, our answer was always yes, yes. And then if you were not smiling, the answer was always no. Oh, that's complex. Yeah. <laughs> How did you miss that? How did you miss that one? <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyone else? Anything else that we missed? Women only spoke to women and men only spoke to men. Excellent. Anything else? No? Is that about it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, good. Uh, we'll just flick to that last slide. Thanks, Stuart. Yeah, so that's a few of the sort of rules of this community that we had there. Um, yeah, so fairly complex. Uh, and obviously some of the patterns weren't easy to follow. So how did you guys feel interacting with these uh, cross-cultural workers? Did, what, what did you... Were you disappointed they weren't... Uh, quicker off the mark or were you wanting to encourage them? What, what were some of your feelings you were feeling? I kind of felt like I really wanted to talk to them but I wasn't able to. Like, I didn't want them to feel like they weren't welcome but we, yeah, we just couldn't communicate. Okay, anyone else? Anyone else want to say how they were feeling during the interaction? I did think that they were really slow. Like, once you knew the rules, I was like, Bronnie, Guys aren't talking to you. Like, I, like, once we knew it, it seemed so obvious. I'm like, it's, come on, you seem so slow. But to us, yeah. I was a bit frustrated because I wanted to answer and I wanted them to pick up on like the yes or no thing, and they didn't. But then I forgot that we couldn't say no or yes, like based on the smile. It's so confusing. Yeah, you kept talking to us as groups. So if you were to talk to the guys, they couldn't answer. And then because it was a group, I couldn't answer. And it's, yeah. 
So what could they have done to limit the frustrations, do you think? What things could the cross-cultural workers have done that would have helped them? Have some training beforehand. Yeah, a bit more training than they got. Anything else? I think we had a, we had the, a, a bit of a clue down here. What, was, what did you say before, sir? Okay, so some sort of... Uh, Obviously, language and culture sort of stuff would, would really help, knowing, knowing the sort of rules of the game, so to speak. Let's give everyone a, a big hand for pay, playing part. Thank you very much. Well done. Okay, I think Stuart will go into the message now, if that's right. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's how I felt for most of my, uh, my cross-cultural career in Malawi, a bit out of my depth. Always wondering, sort of, you sort of work it out just the day before you leave. And uh, now I'm an expert. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to finish off tonight by talking about what cross-cultural workers do and why they do it. So hopefully through, through the exercise you can see uh, that understanding another people's culture and, uh, is really important. It's a really important part of being a cross-cultural worker. And uh, so as a way of finishing off, I just want to tell you a bit more about what cross-cultural workers do and why they do it. So the first thing that cross-cultural workers do is they go to other people in the way that Jesus came to us. And so in John chapter 20, 21 that we had read before, uh, we read that Jesus appeared to his disciples and after his resurrection, uh, he told them that he was sending them out into the world to continue on his work as the Father has sent me, so I send you, he says. So what does it really mean to be sent in the way Jesus was sent? Well, elsewhere in the book of John, at the beginning, John tells us uh, that the word became flesh and lived amongst us. And we have seen his glory. Now, I think it's really easy to glide over those verses. They, they sound uh, a little strange to us. It's not sort of the language we would use. But I think they tell us something really quite profound. It says that actually God came to earth from heaven as a man so that uh, we could understand him and know him. So when Jesus says to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you, he's actually saying that we need to embrace the Jesus way of coming. So Jesus actually didn't come as he could have come. He, uh, he didn't come with great power and great might. He didn't come as so, sort of some superhero uh, or this otherworldly figure bedazzling people with his power and might and so forth, which would have all sort of made us you know, stand up and pay attention. He didn't come uh, ruling over us with, with, uh, with great power and authority. Instead, Jesus came putting off his rights, putting off his power, putting off his glory, and he actually comes as a baby. Uh, and uh, we see in the scripture that he was born to Jewish parents uh, and he lived his life, his early life, as a, as a carpenter in, Jewish, in a Jewish society. And so this uh, story about Jesus coming actually tells us that to go in the way of Jesus means we can't also go to people in power or in, in, in might or in our own cleverness. 
but in humility as learners of the way of life of the people we're sent to. And so this is what uh, my wife Wendy and I have been trying to do in Malawi with the Yao uh, over the past 20 years. And it, it hasn't always been easy to do that, to, to be learners and to, to go in humility. In, in a sense, it's, though it's required us to become like babies in that society. As we've needed to learn the Yao people's language, we've needed to learn a bit like tonight, those rules of the game. And uh, things don't always work out as we want them to work out. As, and it's not easy to pick it up. And we needed to learn all those things, all the rules of culture of the society before we could even begin to take part, before we could even sit down and begin to have a, a conversation with them, we actually needed to understand them more. But going in the Jesus way is not easy, especially for people like us, people from Western societies, because we actually... Whether we, whether we admit to it or not, we like to be in control. We like to, we like to see ourselves as competent people, uh, as educated people, and we like to be people who have answers to other people's problems. I can uh, still remember uh, way back now, when we, in the first few years in, in Namwera, where we first lived in Malawi, I can remember one afternoon sitting, sitting in my office in my house, and I was, I'd finished language... Uh, sort of the language program that I was doing for the day. And I was just sitting there doing some work and I could hear people outside talking and laughing and I could hear actually people mimicking me. And I could understand enough to know what they were saying about me. And they were, they were mimicking me and, and uh, copying what I was saying and laughing. <laughs> and I remember sort of, you know, slumped over my desk. And I, th- and I thought at the time... Wow, sending us to the Yao in the way that God sent Jesus is really inefficient and uh, it's just far too painful. Why would you do that? Wouldn't it be much better if I hired a translator? It'd be much quicker. You know, then I could go out and I could start uh, preaching straight away. Or wouldn't it be even better for actually even going there? Why couldn't I just pay someone to go in my place? Someone who you know, could, could start speaking straight away. Someone from a, a neighbouring tribe or something like that. And then they could be right into it. But needing to be a slick speaker and always in control is actually not going in the Jesus way. You see, that's actually to go in our own way. And ultimately going in our own way doesn't lead to people knowing, understanding and following Jesus. And from our experience in Malawi, it actually took us to embrace humility, to become learners, to allow ourselves to be cracked and broken in front of the Yao for them to actually begin to see God in us. Going as Jesus was sent is a necessary part of being a cross-cultural worker because it allows people to see past us and see God who is in us. Going as Jesus was sent doesn't mean, though, that we can just remain as babies in our new adopted communities. We need to grow our understanding of uh, the people we live with so that we can begin to take part in life with them. If you're always a baby, always asking the same questions day in, day out, you're never going to sort of grow and actually go on and have a deep and meaningful conversation with people. So therefore, it's it's necessary to be intentional about uh, language and culture learning. They're they're an essential part of being a cross-cultural worker. 
When I was growing up, uh, we used to sing a song in church. And I don't know if uh, any of you have heard. I know Jars of Clay have got a song a bit like this. Some of you might have uh, got the album with it on. And the song's title was, They Will Know We Are Christians By Our Love. Anyone remember that song? Yeah, it's an oldie. Uh, uh, And what's the main message of that song? Anyone got an idea? (laughs) So the, the main message is, that when people see us being loving, what? then they'll know that that love points to, to Jesus and so forth. They'll assume that, uh, people, that people will attribute this love within us to the work of Christ. That's sort of the idea, I think, of the song. And I think that this idea is actually true within our own community, within our own people group, with the people who we share the same uh, culture and worldview with. And language, but it's not necessarily true when we actually cross over into another culture. In fact, uh, in the uh, book of Acts, two missionaries, Paul and Barnabas, found out the hard way on one of their missionary journeys uh, that culture and language do matter. While they were in the city of Lystra, uh, after healing a man who was crippled, the local people actually started shouting out uh, in their own language that the gods have come down to us. Oh, it's amazing. The gods have come down. They started bringing out flowers and they started slaughtering all these oxen in front of them uh, and uh, sac- making sacrifices to, to Paul and Barnabas. Uh, and uh, in fact, they, they started calling them, they thought they were Hermes and Zeus, which are two Greek gods. And so they had actually interpreted this healing event as actually a visitation from the gods. You see, what Paul and Barnabas didn't know was actually in the traditions of this people, many, many, many years before, the gods had actually come down and actually walked amongst them. But the people didn't recognize them. And only a, one older couple actually recognized them and welcomed them into their house and fed them and uh, cared for them. And the gods were so angry that they sort of punished the other people in the community Uh, and actually blessed the older couple who became uh, pillars in the temple. And so the people, this story, sort of, people knew this story, and they actually didn't want the same thing to happen twice. So there they were, when this miracle happens, they start offering flowers and sacrificing bulls because they thought that was the response that they should have. And unfortunately, uh, Paul and Barnabas couldn't understand what they were saying because they didn't speak the Lyconian language, and they didn't understand the traditions and the stories and the myths that these people had. And so, which meant that the miracle that they had performed went largely misunderstood at that point. So in cross-cultural situations, people often don't interpret the actions uh, in the same way that we intend them to be, uh, to be understood. Even an act of love, which, you, which you, can actually be interpreted differently by different people. And uh, the reason is because even our simplest actions and our behaviours are all charged, culturally charged with different meaning. Even an activity such as serving people, which, would you, th- which you would think would be universally understood and, uh, or expressed and understood, is defined and expressed differently in different cultures. That makes it really difficult, doesn't it? And in Malawi, uh, we found uh, that without applying appropriate cultural understanding, our most gracious and loving acts can be misconstrued by people. This is because people interpret things according to their own culture and worldview. 
Even the simple act of giving someone like a food hamper or a food parcel can be interpreted as an act that gains the giver merit rather than a selfless act done in love. I remember last year, Wendy and I were walk, we, we, used, we used to go every afternoon for a walk on a local estate, uh, like a, a farm near where we lived. And on the way to the farm one day for an afternoon walk after work, we met some ladies who were coming from the school. And they were carrying these food hampers on their heads. Uh, you've seen, probably seen images of African ladies carrying things on their heads. Very well balanced, able to carry amazing things. And they were walking along and uh, we met them and we greeted them. And uh, started talking to them and I, I said to them, Oh, wow. Because they just received these food hampers from the, from the Muslim Association. I said, Oh, wow. Uh, you're so blessed, I said, to have received, uh, so, so fortunate to have received such a beautiful gift. And instead of them actually saying, yeah, you're right, which is how I think they should have responded, they actually turned and said to me, and you too can receive merit from God if you give, give gifts like this to us as well. What we find is that, uh, that people interpret things differently. The, woman didn't, the women didn't interpret the act of giving the food package as something done with compassion and with selfless love, but as an act that would spiritually benefit the giver more than, than the receiver. So for cross-cultural workers to be effective, we need to understand the people we live amongst, uh, how they understand life, the way they interpret events, actions, emotions, including things, as, as, uh, things, like, including things like love and forgiveness even acceptance and friendship. And if we don't understand those things from the host community's perspective, many of the things that we do will be completely misunderstood. Cross-cultural workers don't just go and live with people in humility and be learners. They also go and share with people they hope they have in Jesus. That's why, that's why Jesus came. He came and did something that can change people's lives for good. He came with a message of hope that God is restoring people and their creation back into a right relationship with him and that Jesus is the means by which God is doing this. So in the, in the Bible, we hear many stories of, of Jesus restoring people and giving them hope. To the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well, he promised to satisfy her deepest needs, something that it seems that she'd failed to, to find uh, through five different husbands. To the 5,000 people who Jesus fed in a miraculous way and who the very next day came because they wanted their bellies fed again or filled up again, he promised to satisfy more than their stomachs. For those living in darkness, oppressed by evil spirits and evil things that people do, Jesus promised them a future in which he would, be, he would, in which he would free them and lead them into a new day of light and peace. So the life and the message of Jesus that we share is, is not just a theoretical knowledge. It's not just some sort of wishful hope. It's not an aim to live by. The life and hope that uh, Jesus offers is something that is making a difference in people's lives. It's transforming them. And it's even transforming the lives of Yao Muslims uh, in Malawi today. Take, for example, my good friend Wind. Uh, today, Wind, uh, Wind's a Yao Muslim follower of Jesus. He's a faithful husband. He's a father of three beautiful children. 
and he's a leader of an emerging faith community. But he hasn't always been those things. In fact, when I first met him, uh, Wind, he was in his early 20s, and at the time he was separated from his wife and child and, and just lacked any purpose in his life. And he wasn't sure where the future was going. He hadn't even completed one year of primary school and never did the same thing two days in a row. Every day he got up and it was just completely different. And although he was a, a Muslim, his religious affiliation had very, very little effect or impact on his life. Uh, and so he would get up and do whatever he wanted. He would go out with his friends. They would go out and play games, football. Uh, when he was older, he would chat up girls. They would steal. If they were hungry, they would steal some food, steal a goat, kill it, eat it. I think they'd cook it first. Um, but after hearing the word of God over many months, Wine put his faith in Jesus. And through this encounter, he actually found purpose and hope in his life for the very first time. And he realized after listening to the word of God that he should try, firstly, he should try and get back with his wife and take responsibility for his child. He also stopped being promiscuous which I, and sleeping with whoever he wanted, which was a major cause, I imagine, for his marriage problems. So Wind and his wife's life have been transformed by Jesus. And today, he's a good dad. He's a faithful husband. He now regularly teaches people the word of God and teaches other Yao leaders about following Jesus. But life for Wind is not uh, that easy, despite following Jesus. Several years ago, he, both he and his wife discovered that they were HIV positive after his wife became very, very sick with tuberculosis. Instead of losing hope, though, instead of leaving his wife, instead of, uh, which, he, which is something he would have done previously before he became a follower of Jesus, he sought help for his wife and coaxed, coaxed, coaxed and nurtured her back to life, getting her the help that she needed at the hospital. And he's since dedicated himself and his life to the work of sharing his hope in Jesus with other Yao people who he lives with. Cross-cultural workers share the hope they have in Jesus because Jesus makes a difference. They share their hope in Jesus not to change people's culture, but to help people uh, in their own particular culture experience Jesus and then follow him in a way that is true to the way of Jesus and that is also authentic to who they are culturally. Jesus sends all of us into the world to continue his mission. And this can take place where we live, in this district of Sunnybank. Uh, but also God is calling us to go, whenever we do this, beyond Sunnybank to other areas in Brisbane, in Queensland, the rest of Australia, and internationally as well. But if we go, Jesus is actually calling us to go uh, in, in the way that Jesus was sent. He's calling us to go in the way that he was sent. And tonight it's my hope that God might be challenging some of you about stepping out and going on and joining Jesus on an adventure that will take you to people with other cultures and other languages so that they too might have, the ho they might have, uh, have hope and peace in God, uh, like our friend Wind here. So tonight, if God is actually challenging you, then I would encourage you to be open to what he's saying. Listen to the Spirit of God and uh, follow him maybe talk to one of the pastors here your youth leader if you want to chat with me afterwards i'll be down the front uh, if you want to ask me any more questions but uh, it's my prayer and hope tonight that god 
would, uh, that you would open yourself up to what God is saying to you tonight about joining him uh, on mission, wherever that might be in the world today. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and, and uh, lived amongst us and that he told us and showed us what you are like. Lord, we thank you that uh, he didn't come in a way that he could have come, but came uh, in a way that uh, shows us many things about the way we should go to others. Lord, I pray that we would go in the Jesus way to our friends, to our neighbours, to people in other cultures, with other languages. Lord, help us to share the hope we have in Jesus in a sensitive way with insight and knowledge that comes from you so that people too might uh, share our hope in you and be transformed. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.